when I was a teenager, I would I would say sex. Like I wouldn't even say sex openly. I would Watching films, it. sex oh, scenes with family, like my mother would tell me to close my eyes. Even till now, my even now, still even tells now, me it's so awkward to close my eyes. It's so awkward if I'm sitting and I'm watching a movie with any of my parents because they'll look at me and it'll be like, why, why are you looking at this? Even though they don't even know. Mother, I've had sex, thank you very much. They're in denial. denial. Welcome to the Brown Don't Frown podcast with your host, Tanya Hardcastle. We're here to engage in a thoroughly inclusive conversation with women from different backgrounds. Shaped by our cultural, racial and social experiences, we share our stories. Hello, fellow podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode. On today's show, we're talking about reclaiming sex, positivity, pleasure and power. I'm delighted to be joined by Artistry. Welcome to today's show. Hello, hello, hello. Um, thank you for having me. So in terms of how I got to know you, I watched your live um, poetry rendition a few weeks ago and I was really impressed. I felt quite indulged in, in the content which you, which you spoke about, um, in particular being confident with, with one's own body. So do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm a spoken word poet, um, an artist, um, and I guess my poetry always stemmed from, ex- one, from experience, and two, from the ability to use words to express that experience. Um, and it was only I used to talk about a lot of things like politics and like yeah. um, domestic violence and stuff because again they were like serious topics that we were all facing and young people at the time young people being faced with those issues and they later on I realised there was like a shock factor in understanding that people are still surprised by the word sex yeah. people are still surprised by the word masturbation or lust and stuff no matter what age range you are I still find in my office with people who are like 30, 40 years old. Especially women, I think. No, and exactly. Women yeah. seem to still be embarrassed from the idea that you can't um, pleasure, pleasure yourself. yeah, Or even seek pleasure or want pleasure. It's always on the man's account. Like, exactly. you pleasure the man and that's sex. Exactly, but what about yeah. the woman? And yeah. how does a woman fall into it? So I started doing spoken word pieces to get that message across because not only are people like, what's the word? People are like, taken in because I'm saying things that apparently are taboo mm-hmm, yeah. um, but some people also enjoy it because they're hearing things that they might feel they, exactly, don't express exactly. Yeah. and that's similar to what I, what, I, what I thought as well because even in my conversations with my with my friends you know the topic of masturbation doesn't extend beyond you know some of my closest friends and actually some of my family members are quite open about it which and with the female members which I'm quite surprised about but that's because a lot of them you know didn't actually have sex until they got married so they had to find some sort of co- coping mechanism um so yeah that's really interesting in terms of today's discussion I guess I've sort of divided it into three different sections starting off with positivity and then moving on to pleasure and then power so starting with positivity I think for I don't know if you would agree with this but from from a young age for me starting just with sex education at school as women I as young girls I felt like we experienced quite a lot of stigma around opening discussing the female anatomy sex and pleasure so discussions about it even among classmates you know stifle like stifling giggles and not really taking it seriously and I went to library I think with my mum when I was like eight or nine um, and I found this book called everything you need to know about periods and I wanted to take it out and my mum was like I don't think it's appropriate for you to read it at this age maybe a bit later on and I insisted because I, I didn't know anything about them and I'd still not been taught it at school 
So I picked it up, um, took it out and read it. I think I read it three or four times just to take everything in. And then I basically knew everything about sex after that because that book basically explained why periods happen and how women and men reproduce together. So that was an interesting introduction to sex for me. But if I didn't have access to that, I don't think I would have understood it as well, just from basic school education. How did you find it? Um, For me, it was always... So my I come from a very like I would say I would say strict background, but mm-hmm. in terms that my parents didn't necessarily talk to me about sex. Right. Um. Even periods like when I had my period, the only reason why I knew what the period was because of what school taught me, um, and what like my friends would say and stuff like that. Yeah. And then when I told my mum that I had a period, like she just told me, "Do you know what to do?" And I was like, "Yes." And then she was like, "You're a woman now." <laughs> That's <laughs> what I got as well. Like, You're a woman. And then I was like. Okay, um, all right, mum. So um, how about maybe you tell me the reason for why yeah, I'm bleeding. Yeah, give me an explanation. And my stomach is hurting. Like, it's, give me some sort of explanation. Teach me what now I need to know about feminine hygiene, what I need to know about what period is and what can do to me. Exactly. Um, why I'm feeling like this and why my moods are like this. All of this was a development of education, but on my own account rather than it being... And I feel like... Exactly, self-taught. Exactly. And yeah. parents are a big part of the, um, the, the the hiccup that happens there. Because yeah, if because you don't understand from a young age, you would either go and be intrigued and start to explore things, or you'll be like you'll be fed the wrong information on just on the basis of friends. Because that in itself, friends yeah. are like the primary educators to us when we are at that, at that age. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's part of the reason why it's such a stigma, and it stays in you know it stays with us into our adulthood, whether subconsciously or or consciously. I think and in yeah. certain ways, the way I thought sex ed was taught at school was very mechanical and you know it was just diagrams and this is what happens along with other issues if you have sex so like pregnancy sdis and that sort of narrative told me that it was about necessity rather than pleasure and it's something that you had to do to have kids but that was that was it that's how it it ended there essentially that sort of narrative would you say it, it made it makes you think of sex positively or negatively as a teenager? Oh no, generally? I think hundred percent. Well, one, it can go both ways. So yeah. for me, at first, I was like extra cautious about sex because yeah. hearing about sex and it's like things like STDs. Like yeah. you have sex without a condom, you'll get an STD, and that was it. Yes, feel um, like what the educational system does is that it scares you out of having sex because they don't want people to be out there exploring. And I think, despite the fact I don't think the production was very well, but Sex Education currently on Netflix, I feel like it gives you... Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, oh, I really recommend it. It gives you, like... It's British, but it's like an American scene. Oh, it's British? It's British, yeah. Oh, okay. But it seems to be, like, the way they do... It's, it's like, kids that are in sixth form, but it shows it in a very... um, American style, but anyway. Oh. So they talk about how like people are curious, like guys who are masturbating. Um, there's this one guy and he can't like he can't touch himself. He he gets all panicky and anxious and he just has a panic attack about it. But it shows you the how people are exploring different things and what they like. Yeah. But the way sex education works is that it doesn't teach you to allow yourself to have sex and be pleasured by it. It's like if you're going to have sex, you're going to have a baby. And if you're not going to do it properly, you're going to get an STD. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it teaches you the parts of the vagina, but not how to use them. It no, doesn't exactly. tell you the way that, like how you can get stimulated from, like, no. um, from masturbation. You, like how, woman, how a woman's vagina would work and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't teach you that. So not I think that, what they're yeah. mistaking is that 
because they're teaching it in such a mechanic way and obviously there's always porn and all that kind of stuff so you're learning about the biology but then you've got porn to try and mimic the behaviours and then get the same reactions you get there in real life when that's not the case because if it gets if it gets taught in the, in the classroom that mm. when you do have sex you do get pleasure if you do it this way like these ways these are the ways that people do certain things I feel like it will be a much realistic way of exactly. understanding what sex is yeah and, and kids will get that absolutely and talking about safe sex as well exactly. as in enjoy sex but make sure but make you're, sure you're using safe. protection exactly. and you're with the right people would you say that there was a double standard of how sex was portrayed to young girls versus young boys growing up hundred percent um if pleasure is spoken about in a young age men are always taught that like they're in control they're in control yeah and after like sex will be done after they ejaculate and so they're pleasured even for the fact that women can actually orgasm i didn't even realize all of these proper things because i was too scared to explore i was too scared to ask questions I thought it was. I thought it was like you'll be labelled as like a but promiscuous person, yeah, yeah. Like, and because of that, it made me so scared to get yeah. into that topic. And even even, even with friends, even like you with feel friends, like you're going to be ex- judged. Exactly. Like I know that I didn't tell my friend that um, when I lost my virginity because I was too scared because she'll label me as a certain type of way. Because I think I was yeah. I was probably I was quite young, probably like fourteen, fifteen, and and she would like I don't know judge me almost. And then on top of that, I wanted to know more about it, but I was too scared to ask questions. And then also all of these things, I was scared to go on porn because I thought that if I go on porn, I want to, you're going to be desensitized. Be, exactly. Yeah. And then I wouldn't like it would be like um, yeah. looking at a movie and trying to react that same thing, even though there's props and stuff that I put in there. Exactly. So, and you don't know how they're actually feeling when they're no, having sex. Exactly. It's, it's an act, isn't it? Exactly. Really and I thought it was like a really bad yeah. thing to go on porn. Like I thought it was like this is what like really like sick people do and watch even though it's a very normal thing normal to do. thing to do yeah. it's just knowing but the difference between very guilty exactly exactly it's really interesting i was listening to his podcast this morning about a guy who had a really serious sex addiction he was a gp as well so he was like a highly functioning doctor and the presenter the co-presenter was saying how she always assumed that people who were sex addicts were like these really like horrible perverted people who had no friends and you were like socially excluded but she didn't realize how normal it is to get into that sort of situation in your in your life and this guy was addicted to porn um and he was you know he was doing it at work he was you know constantly masturbating for like several hours on end on a daily basis um to the point where he started losing all his friendships um and and family members as well he ended up getting a divorce obviously that's a very extreme case but for some reason i just couldn't imagine a woman being in that scenario even though it's 100% likely that that does also happen to women as well. And you can get very bogged down when it comes to porn because you can get addicted to it. And a lot of the time um, when women do watch a lot of porn, they end up becoming sensitised and not actually getting any sort of pleasure when they do actually have sex because they keep relating it back to that scene in their head and wanting to get to that level, essentially. Yeah. And I feel like as well, they they want to... there, I feel like there's a level of which you should feel like, especially if you do watch porn. Um, there's you would want to feel the way that they look like they feel, yeah, and experiencing that. So if you're not feeling that way, you haven't had sex properly, or or the sex is like rubbish, yeah. which isn't the case. And but this is what I this is what I go back to sex education. They don't because you don't teach something. If you've taught something and then they they decide to steer away and and maybe they do become addicted, that's not your fault. But if you 
to give them the exact tools that they need yeah and then they can go away and explore these things then all you've done is given them like the pen and paper and they can write on it if you don't if you just give them the pen they're gonna start writing on walls and stuff and this is the problem i feel like i have with the educational system when it comes to sex is that they just teach them about what the body the 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 body does rather than what um, emotional emotional feelings feelings you can have what connections you can have and and building upon and how it can make you feel ultimately just besides the actual you know, physical reaction that you get, but actually how you emotionally feel as well. Exactly. Um, and porn, you know, is, is a concept that wasn't, is not very well known amongst young children. Maybe now that they have access to everything online, but when I was growing up, not even that long ago, like, the concept of porn was just seen as something that was disgusting and taboo oh, and no one spoke 100%. about it. But if people at school were taught, if teachers had told them what porn was, what it, what it was a tool that was used for, but how to use it in a way that's constructive and not going to have a, men- a detrimental mental health effect, then maybe people would have a bit more um, information in terms of how to go about if they were to, to watch porn. But yeah. things like that aren't taught in school, as you've said, and that's... That's, that's a bit unfortunate. Even in 2020, like, what is happening? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Where it's all over the place. Like, I remember when we were going through this um, workshop thing and it was talking about how many followers that um, these companies have um, gained. And Amazon, I think it took, a, like, a few a few months or something. And then uh, to get to this level of follow, it was quite, like, a few thousand. And Google, the same thing. And then Pornhub was, like, 24 hours. And I was just like... So people, even because people are still putting it in the open as it is taboo like it's it's not a great thing to do if you are a watcher of porn and you are like uh, you have a weird fetish or you desire something like extremely sexual or you're really sexually active or whatever that is yeah. despite the fact that almost every single other person is probably watching it yeah. and they they indulge in it but they don't want to openly say it because it's no. not openly accepted no. so it, and then again there is a double standard even with with watching porn I think so for example the whole body count concept you know it's conquests and achievements when men have high body counts but it's shame and punishment for women so even just in that context if you apply that in in the context of porn men are allowed to watch porn and can talk openly about it with their friends exactly um but women can't exactly so even with my friends I wouldn't say I've openly put the discussion out there because mm. I've been so open about it and I feel like they already know they know they know it's not even like I'm like oh my gosh yeah. I watch porn all the time it's not even <laughs> no it's nothing like that we just strain that out so I feel like it's a thing where I openly speak about sexual experiences and yeah. I speak with it I speak about it with confidence yes and because I speak about it with confidence no one can turn around to me and be like oh you are What's you're, you're this you? or you're sexually you're like you're you're addicted to sex or you like this or no I just openly speak about it because it's not taboo and to be honest this is the way we make kids and it's, exactly. it's purely natural I'm it's not doing anything natural, I'm, I'm yeah. not doing anything that's not natural and what the problem I have with people is when they turn around and they shame people for the fact that a woman's talking about porn, so she she must be promiscuous and she must be this. And she's condoning when, exactly. men's sexual predatory behaviour because she watches porn, exactly. but that's not the case. Exactly, and especially yeah. at a young age. I understand that the anatomy works differently in the way that a woman's um, biology works and the way a man's biology works. And this whole concept of man being able to go in and women being this like door where it's like you're filling in, I get that. I just feel like understanding... I've, I've never met a woman who's been confident in her in her sex life or in her sexual experiences on her own on her own yeah and um has been made has been has been like slut shamed or or has been made to be lesser than 
to a man, but with a woman who is secretive about her sex life or doesn't openly want to, not openly speak about it, but she she hides that fact is why people turn around and they can make that judgment. No one, you yeah, can't tell yeah. no one nothing if they speak with confidence and if That's they true. If, if they hold yeah. it like yes I do and what do you have to say about that because I have a right I'm a woman I have needs and this exactly. is what I want to do yeah so. and the thing is you have better sex if you know your body and you know what you like exactly. how are you meant to know if you don't explore right exactly. that's, that's the issue isn't it exactly exactly yeah and there are so many negative language associations in general that perpetuate that double standard between men, men and women I mean would you say I mean I think perhaps we need to examine the language we use and think about embedding some neutral language so should we call ourselves out on it I mean I catch myself actually condoning slut shaming behaviour myself sometimes um, when I get judgmental towards quite young teenagers wearing skimpy clothing for example Um, but perhaps that's because I grew up in a highly sexualised culture where everything is linked back to sex so I'm sexualising young teenagers without even realising it myself and that's something to be careful of as well 100% you made the point about being confident in in your sexuality and explaining that you know you like to pleasure yourself and being confident and happy about talking about masturbation I've found myself in social situations where with a group of young women we speak about sex but whenever the conversation about body count and mileage in quotes (laughs) arises there are always a few women who say oh you need to be careful about your mileage because that's not really nice is it a guy won't like that I feel Um, like if you respect yourself and you have that respect for yourself then no one can say nothing. I met a girl, actually, yeah, I met a girl when I was in Sweden and she had slept with 30 people. She was showing me, I think at this time she was probably about 20 yeah. or 19 or something. She had slept with like 30 people or something like that and she was showing me all the names. Right. But she felt no type of way because she said, well, I just, I want to get to know my body and there's different guys out there and they do different things. Exactly. And I was finding that out for myself. But she said it with such confidence. I can't, and she and she's, She's very, what's the word? Like, she holds herself to this, like, quite a high standard. So okay. I, can't, I, I could never turn around to her and be like, oh, you're, you're a slut for that, that you've slept with so many guys at such an age. Mm. What is my, what can I say to you? you? You hold yourself fine. And now she's even, I think she's even married now. This was a few years ago. I think now she's even married and she's happy and whatever. Yeah. But what, even when a guy turns around and be like, what's your body count? Okay, what's your business? Why is that relevant? Why is that relevant yeah. to you? Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my body count's three. The next guy, my body count's still three. <laughs> the next guy. <laughs> Tom, yep, my body counts three. David, still three. So it's none of your business because at the end of the day, you was not in my life in such a time and that should not then be... That should not define the way you look at me on the basis of um, I've had multiple partners. It should only ever... I would only ever take into account is if I hold myself with a lack of respect. Yeah. I do not respect my body. I do not respect myself. I sleep... Like, you can sleep with who you want, but understand that if you sleep with someone or you like like you're sexually active and you like to have sex with people and fine but if i respect myself in the process um i take care of my um sexual yeah, health yeah and if you I don't feel comfortable with it don't do it no that's exactly don't feel pressurized like you have to do it so exactly. you can have more sexual experiences at the end of the day that person like you never know what's behind someone else's closet so whoever they can be calling you or be labeling you as they're not that same person. Like no. you, you don't, you can't take that into account on the basis of these people have these opinions of me. I feel like a lot of girls, re- like um, rely on having the opinions of their friends because they feel like that opinions matter so much. They yes. ha- hold it to such a high standard. Yes. But I feel like the only reason why they hold it to such a high standard is because they're unsure of themselves. Yeah. They don't hold exactly. themselves at the same level of respect that they do to their friends, and so they will be very cautious. Like even I know people that if. 
if they if they want to sleep with a guy, they will go to their friends to confer first. Or can or, I do this? Or can yeah, I do this? Yeah, or is yeah. it right to do this, even though um, I've only yeah. known so and so time? I think it's perfectly acceptable to consult your friends if you you know if you value their opinion. But at the end of the day, as you said, you know, you've got to have your own agency, and you've got to, exactly. at the at the end of the day, it's your body, it's your life. You need to make that decision and that final call. Exactly. And you can obviously take into account people's opinions, and a lot of the time, friends can be helpful in terms of judging someone's character. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, if you want to, you know, just in, in vibing casual sex then do it you shouldn't feel fine. guilty for, to, yes, for doing exactly. it afterwards you know that exactly. shouldn't be a problem that shouldn't be a huge concern to you in the moment you exactly. feel the time is right and you want to want to do it because if a guy did that no one would blink an eye and, would they and this is the thing i feel like what women do that's different to men is that they would then go back and then their friends may say oh why did you do that like yeah you just you, you've you've um you've opened yourself too early and the guy's not going to respect you from it the guy will respect you if you respect yourself, and that's pure black period. Like, just because you've had these sexual, like you have a sexual drive and you want to sleep mm. with someone because you have that connection, no matter what the time is, if you feel like it's right with your own body, no one it. else can turn around to you and tell you that it's not. Yeah, so. yeah. And recently, oh god, I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh yeah, so I've actually been out of the dating game for a while because I'm in a long-term relationship for a few years. But um, a lot of my friends who are dating around quite a bit, they're saying they say to me there's etiquette around dating when it comes to for women, especially in that you shouldn't sleep with someone on the first date because it looks bad. You should at least wait until the second date because a guy will think, oh, you're easy. You know, you don't respect yourself, and that's just insane because a man can do whatever the hell he wants. And Tinder itself is literally built for casual sexual relationships 100%. at the expense of women for men to exploit whenever um, and wherever they choose so 100% and I think as well like it's we get to an age we get to a time now where people are getting they're, they're enjoying their time where they do sleep with people they do date here and there before they get into proper relationships I feel like the only reason why it's such a taboo to people to sleep with someone on the first date is because we're taught to hold out the 90-day rule. Oh, um, I didn't even know there was no, a 90-day Literally, day they, say, they say that there's a 90-day rule before you sleep with someone. I don't think I've ever become, done that in any of my sexually, relationships. And there you go. So <laughs> Wait, in 90 days? Exactly. <laughs> this is the thing. You, I, I, I honestly don't understand oh why it's, it's a thing for people to be so... Um, calculated it's not they're so worried about what other people what other people are thinking and this is exactly when it goes back down if i have confidence with the fact that i want to i see this guy i'm so very sexually attracted to him i then um we talk and we date or whatever and then i want to sleep with him that's because my body is telling me this and my mind is not attracting it and i'm attracted to that person so for me to turn around and be like actually you know what i'm gonna wait 90 days for you to get the cookie and then we can talk about what's going to happen from there. <laughs> like it's honestly, I think it's such a joke. And the, what the problem is as well, I think our parents have yeah. drilled into us, not only like, cause I've, I come from quite a religious background and sex before marriage is like yep. against it, even though I was born out of wedlock, but um, it's, it's, one it's, still, it's still taught, it's one rule for them and another for us. <laughs> that was me. I made a mistake. Now it's you. You're different. You're not getting, you're not having no sex till you're like 25 or whatever. But what they don't get is, what they don't teach is, again, this whole pleasure thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with parents, they don't educate this whole rule of, it's okay if you feel sexually attracted to the person, just be safe, be res- like be exactly. respectful to yourself, make sure he respects you, and so on and so forth. But they don't do that. Because they say, look, they're going to do it at the end of the day. They're exactly. still going to do it. Whatever advice you give them, they're going to do it. Exactly. So if, if they're going to do it, why don't you tell them to practice safe sex? Exactly, exactly. And this is what they don't do because they feel like if they push, if I push this, um, this like, this no message to them like don't do it 
it's bad, you'll get STDs, you'll get pregnant at a young age, blah, blah, blah. It will scare them from doing it. When and actually, that's why it's not positive. Exactly. Sex isn't positive. You know, we need to reclaim it as women. 100%. And reframe the whole narrative to make sex a positive thing. Of course, there are anomalies and sometimes, you know, the way men portray their actions, it, it makes sex seem really bad. But that's on them, that's not on us. We are allowed to enjoy ourselves. So 100%. I think it is really important. Um, and everything that you've said so far, you know, it, it really reaffirms the the need to to be more positive when it comes to being happy with our bodies and being comfortable with our sex lives and the way to do that is through understanding our bodies um i.e through masturbation you know if people want to do it they should feel comfortable to do it and if people don't want to do it you don't have to do it either you know it's it's entirely up to the person because some people don't like talking about stuff like that and that's that's perfectly fine the second part of it is is pleasure casual sex stigma there's a lot of that at the moment do you think that takes away from the pleasure it can bring for women who do want to indulge in it and then we've covered it a little bit but no 100 yeah. percent, it does i feel like women women assume that if i touch myself in a sexual manner then i am like t- not tainted or dirty but it's like it's an awkward thing i know a lot of people's like i can't do it i want a man to do it to me but you've given that power to that man what do you mean i want a man to do like it to for me? example like I don't get any pleasure from, let's say, masturbating. I've met a lot of girls who say they don't get the pleasure. Oh right, from doing they want a guy. Right, okay. They want a guy to do it to okay, them. Yeah. They feel like they've they've put this these two like things together, like it's a man and pleasure, and that's what I get. That's how I get my pleasure. So, and originally I thought the same way. I was like, I don't really get pleasure from from touching myself. Yeah, it's not get, the same. I don't get yeah. pleasure from doing things to myself. Like. And it was only because I put that power into a man's hands. Like, exactly. It was only, it was my idea, my idea of it was I only get pleasure from when a man is pleasuring me. When really, it's about my own mindset and the way, and what I like and what I like to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Self-discovery. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of things, I know a girl who um, had a boyfriend and he used to travel quite a lot. And um, she would masturbate and stuff and use like um, toys and stuff on herself. And then he would come back and she wouldn't like... He would have sex with her, but she she had now got to a place where she liked to do things certain things. To, to yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he was the same. And he wasn't living up to that. He wasn't living up to it. And then it got to a point where she was like, actually, I don't know if I can be sexually with. Uh, oh my but god! Then this is the thing. Yeah. She found things for herself. Right. And um, she was like, I don't need you. And she was like, to be fair, I don't really need you. And I'm not gonna lie. I was like, okay, maybe it was a bit too far. Like maybe I feel like maybe she spent a lot of time with herself. But that's yeah. not, again like if you can do that. And yeah. you can play, put yourself in place that you've reclaimed your sexual power. Yeah. And again, she had the confidence with it. Like, and it's all about exploring. There's never a time where you stop exploring. No. At any age. You, at yeah. any age. Honestly, yeah. people yeah, yeah, at 40 yeah. are still trying to like regain that spark in their marriage or mm. whatever. And it's about a constant journey of understanding and development. What works for But what individual. works for you. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, female masturbation, it's been one of the most, it still is one of the most stigmatised aspects of modern sexuality. And it doesn't help that a female equivalent to the term, for example, wanking doesn't even exist in the dictionary. So why are women reluctant to being more forward about self-pleasure and how do we end the stigma? So I feel like, one, just regaining our power, like regaining the 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 words that we say and not hiding from it not being ashamed from it yeah I feel like a lot of people are ashamed but if I'm horny I'm gonna say I'm horny and if I'm not gonna have sex I may as well have sex with myself 
Yeah. If that makes any sense. And I hate the fact that women yeah. are taught yeah, to yeah, be yeah. submissive. Yes. We are below the man. We are we are like we are the receivers. Exactly. So exactly. That's that's the narrative. And, and, and that's it's, it. It's just horrible. And I we're mean, here to pleasure. It, apparently we can't be pleasured. Yeah. And we can't uh, enjoy the pleasure because we are here for pleasure to, uh, we're here to bring the people pleasure, which is a complete no and is such an old historic way of thinking about sex. But it's been like that for thousands and thousands of years and that's why it's so difficult to come out of that mindset and, you know, it doesn't really help that we've got narratives like, you know, a man can have sex without affection but a woman can only have sex when she's in love and that takes away the woman's agency regarding sex as pleasure. Like, she's not in control of how she feels about sex at all. There's always emotions with women but with men, it 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 can be everything but... And again, I feel like it's because... Hopefully, in the next coming decades, yeah. it'll be it'll be taught more that women can freely have sex and emotions don't need to be derived from um, from a sexual experience. No. But at the same time, I get I, I I do think that a double standard is held when it comes to men and women in a way that they talk about relationships and stuff yeah. like that. I do think that sometimes. However, I feel like sleeping with someone and you're a woman, you don't have to have necessarily an emotional connection with them. Because no, you don't. The same way no, my body is feeling sexually is the same way a man's body's feeling they say that men are dogs and men are sexually driven and blah 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 and women are not that's a complete lie yeah like it is. yeah the women way can I get be sexually horny driven it's the same way a man gets horny and the same way that i want to and i want to explore my self sexuality is the same way a man does but we're not taught that because of the way a woman is should is, is, behave is, is, yeah. is, should should be here and should be bearing children yeah. and should be doing this when it's not the case yeah so yeah, it's the lack of control. I mean, we need to find a way to reclaim our agency. I think we're doing a lot of things already. And I think, you know, things like the Me Too movement and just generally being more sex positive. Conversations around consent as well probably um, encourages women to be more confident with their bodies and learn to define themselves in terms of when they're comfortable with doing something or engaging in a sexual act or when they're not you know, and, and having those defining parameters that they decide for themselves and don't let, you know, a man decide for them. Oh, I think you, you want to have sex, don't you? So let's have sex. But yeah. instead letting the woman decide what she wants to do. Exactly. So moving on to the third and final topic of power. Would you say in 2020 that men are more sexually empowered than women? Or do you think, well, I, I think the narrative for thousands of years has been that men are rewarded for promiscuity while women are shamed and belittled. Is that something that's changing? Yes, because women, the acceptance of women being like sexually liberated, um, yes. sexually liberated, is becoming more and more popular now. Yes, exactly. And being more and more praised and rewarded and given think, yeah. more light to. So tables have turned, haven't they? Women are using sex women, as, a, exactly. as a very powerful tool. Hundred percent. And even, do you know what? It's so crazy. Oh, I, your sexuality. I, I use it to sell, like when I do spoken word poetry. Yeah. I use sex and reclaiming that power. Two men, it, like in the spoken, the the event that, that um, I came I, that, to, that you came yeah, to, yeah, yeah. and I and I first started off the. Spoken it was amazing, one. genuinely. Yeah, like, I really you. enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you, but the yeah. way when I say it to men, I see the way that they move, and I, women should use it as their power because men are still engulfed in this idea that if a woman is sexual, she's she's um she's letting you take control exactly she's giving up her body she's giving up her body and she's like it's like they they lust for such a thing so when i spoke about and i was like um one of the words i wrote and a guy actually spoke to me afterwards saying yeah like i was so turned on about your spoken (laughs) and i turned around to him and you know what that's exactly because when i said i said something what did i say it was um 
his flesh embedded in my womb and his children running down my mouth. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then he turned around to me. And then when he said that, he said, oh my gosh, those lines, like, I was so turned on. And in my head, I was thinking, Alice, you have the power at this point because to... all you're doing is explaining a sexual experience you've had. Yeah. And for you're not inviting man, him. I'm not inviting no. him at all. No, I'm openly <laughs> saying these things, but it's making them behave in such a way. But it's only because I have control at that point. Yeah. It's not the other way around. No. It's not no, he no, said no. something and I'm drooling over him and I'm wanting, I'm, I'm, I'm gaining the sexual, um, this sexual, um, this emotional connection to get to this sexual pleasure because I want him to want me and da 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 da. Exactly. It's not that case. It's I have the power because I'm using my sexual experience to to liberate myself and the fact that I can openly speak about this and you're sitting there and you're t- and you're looking at me as a woman that you think like you've sexualized me as a woman because I'm speaking yeah, about yeah, it but yeah. really what you don't know is that I've now opened my I've opened my mouth to say these things and you're going to turn around and like be horny or whatever yeah so, so what did you say what was your response to him then I said that's exactly what I needed to do <laughs> so that's that was the end of that conversation. that was the end of conversation <laughs> and then he walked, a- walked away I don't know if he was turned on more about the fact that <laughs> I said that, but yeah. but yeah, so yeah, it's just, it's That's really it, interesting. Playing hard to get is probably what he thought. Probably, probably. <laughs> they but, love that, don't they, men? I don't know why they like to chase. Like sometimes, <laughs> not even chase, not even chase, chasing's the wrong one, but they like this whole cat and ball thing. Like yeah, yeah, dog yeah. Dog and ball thing, sorry. Like you throw the ball, you catch it, you come back, and throw it again, and it's like this game that they it's like a to constant, play. constant, yeah. Honestly. And it's they, a vicious circle. I feel it, like really? men don't respect the women that are so, not. I lied. Let me not say that they don't respect. I feel like weak men don't... They don't... They're not drawn towards the women who can openly and say... Like, openly in every way... um, express themselves and be comfortable yeah. by it's I like, think they find that intimidating a lot of men it's um, true and no. that's you know that's essentially a testament to their character you know exactly. do you want to be with someone who's like that ultimately exactly I think the gender norms that we have in society at the moment um, with the notion that men are aggressive and women are submissive I think you touched upon this earlier but that I think creates an uneven power play in sexual relations between men and women and they tend to always stick to their stereotype, their box, you know, their gender norms. Oh, women need to be need to be submissive, men need to be aggressive, need to be dominating, they need to take control. Yeah, and that leads us on to the whole concept of consent and sexuality. Um, people have different ideas of what consent is, and I think it's more, a lot of the time it's on a spectrum, even though it should be either a definitive yes or no. But I think, you know, when things like alcohol and, you know, things like that are involved, people are intoxicated, the lines become blurred... We've got things like assent, so where on the face of it, someone has given in to sex and they've said yes to sex, but they've, they're not well informed, they're not knowledgeable on the, on the issue, and they essentially have been duped into having sex with someone. Is that still consensual sex versus acquiescence when you're agreeing to have sex with someone because you feel pressurised to have sex with them? Is that, is that still giving consent or does that undermine someone's self-determination over their body? Now this is where this is where I think yeah, it's, such, it's a, so tricky. This is such a grey area because yeah. it's like if I've been given false this is another thing I was this is what I was saying when I saw in regards to the the, the question on whether sex is um, if I've been given false information yeah. and then had sex with a person, is that thought, considered sexual assault? Right. Or do I is there is there a way of like um, punishing such a behaviour because they've taken advantage of me in that way? Now the thing is with consent, I feel like it's 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 a hard one to understand because it's not just 
I give my sen- I give my consent to have sex. It's yeah. also, am I giving my consent to the person that they're telling me that they are? Yes. Are they giving me this false illusion? Yeah. Um, am I... I've, I've said yes, but I feel like I've said yes because I feel like it's the only way of doing something. Like, this is actually when I first... Um, when I first had sex, right? I, it was more of a pressure thing because you felt pressured. I had. They said that it was a way of showing that I love them, right? And I was really classic. young, exactly. <laughs> classic. It's such. A, someone should have made Honestly, a song about it's so this typical. because it's. It's. I've. I've. I've probably met like should I throw write, a rock, and I've probably met four, three different women that have experienced the same exact thing. Literally, you should um, do some poetry on it. I should. I yeah, so yeah, should. Definitely. No original 100%. content. Hundred percent. Actually, did, I did a, that relationship. I did actually do a spoken word piece about it, but um, it was all cheesy. It was, oh. just, it was one of those. But um, it was talking about love and stuff. But anyway, so um, and so you were essentially duped into. I felt like I was duped into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard to say that I didn't give consent to it because, because I you did. did. Yeah. I physically did give consent to it. I verbally did give consent to it, but it was only under the mindset because this then comes into manipulation and yeah. manipulation of the mind of a woman. Yes. It's understanding that you're using sex as a tool to, to, to further develop the fact that emotions equals sex or having sex then equals these emotions that you, the only way you can show me is be performing this physical act because emotionally we've already established that we're there when really and truly there's so much more in terms of connection that needs to be developed before sex even gets put, put into play yeah. and I do feel like despite I feel like in terms of consent yes you have given consent to it I just feel that in terms of pressure it's it's a completely different it's another argument and uh, morally I think it's wrong like it's morally wrong. Morally yeah. wrong. People try and put like a legal stamp on it. Oh, we should, you know, legally define what consent is. But I think at the end of the day, it really is in the mind. And it yes. is about having a moral conscience. And it's very difficult sometimes to know what you're doing and whether you consent to something. Exactly. Um, because I think it is a reflective action because sometimes you don't realise what you're doing. And after, after the fact, you're like, oh, should I have done this? I don't really feel very exactly. comfortable. I regret doing this. I feel guilty. I feel shame. Exactly. Whatever it is. And that's, you know, similar and with me as well. When I lost my virginity, I didn't, you know, I, I was in a relationship with someone and I thought I loved them but I was essentially um, manipulated into having sex with them and the relationship afterwards didn't last very long and, th exactly. and I felt horrible about myself and exactly. I thought why did I waste you know my exactly. virginity <laughs> in no, quotes exactly. on someone like that but then again it's the whole concept of virginity women being chased and it's then, like how, how much do you value it exactly especially at such an age where virginity is put at such a pedestal and if you lose it it's like oh you're tainted yeah you, you, you're marked it's a shame and it's such a shame thing and it's and this is again because we are not taught to take control sexually we are not taught to be empowered by our bodies we're not taught no. that having virginity or no virginity like if I want to have sex with this person, I should feel that I'm comfortable. But we're not taught to be comfortable with these things. No, we're not. It's like, oh, if you have sex with a man, make sure that that, that he respects you and and you've made it like you've waited long enough for it to be like um, you've waited long enough for it, it to, to then be to meaningful, be meaningful yeah. exactly. When yeah. really, because I felt the exact same way. The relationship didn't last long, and um, not very long after that, and I felt so dirty and I felt so used, and I, and I was so young, and the guy was older than me. I was just like, this why is so. This, this is why did I do this? And then I wanted, yeah, yeah. I wanted to put the blame on someone else that wasn't me to make myself feel better. But the older I got, the the more that I had to just accept that point in time. Like this is happening now. From it. Let's move know, on. Yeah, exactly, learn from it. Exactly. Learn. Know how to then maneuver in such a situation again. If someone was to use emotions to, to 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 gain sex or whatever, then they you just know that 
you know what the, the, the signs are, you know what the behaviours are, yeah. but also know that it's quite low. And at this age where we are, it shouldn't be a thing of that's how someone uses you to get sex because in this age it should just be I'm, I, I find you sexually attractive and I, and I do want to sleep with you, yeah. but in a respectful manner and not yeah. in a demeaning way. It's very easy to get lost though when you are, you've never had any sexual experience. No, no, no of course. Um, and one of the first things that I felt, because I remember coming home after I'd lost my virginity and, you know, I really wished that I was in a position where I could talk to my parents about it and say, look, I've just had sex, like I don't know what to do. I was like so shaken about it, but I obviously couldn't speak to them about it yeah. at all. Um, and if I'd had that, you know, and I, th- and I now think if in the future, if I do end up having children, I want them to be open with me about stuff like that because exactly. having someone to confide in would have really made a difference to how I felt yeah. you know if I was told don't worry like this these things can happen if you didn't enjoy it your first time no one does you're going to find more meaning meaning in it but because I was so ashamed that I'd lost something so precious to me but yeah. because you're taught that it's such a precious thing and it yeah. is it and is, to be fair yeah. it is a precious thing it's just it's your body exactly yeah and but it's just reclaiming that ability to be like it is okay because if my mother turned around to me and said if I was able to talk to her about it and turn around to me and said oh Alice you know what it is okay just understand that your body is is precious and and God gave you this body to take care of exactly. and, and and be responsible for. And then maybe I could come to an understanding that, you know what, despite the fact this has happened and it's made me feel like this, mm. that you've always got a learning ability. Like, you always have the ability to learn from it. And, and not be shamed for it. And not be yeah, shamed. Not exactly. punished or, you know, exactly. treated differently. Um, so would you say, overall, if, if we looked back on our teenage selves to, to where we are today... Would you say that you've taken ownership of your sex and your ability to have pleasure out of it? So, are we talking about now or in when I was a teenager? Um, if you compare yourself from your oh, teenage yeah. years to now, present 100%, 100%. day. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a teenager, I would, I would say sex. Like, I wouldn't even say sex openly. I would Watching films, it. sex oh, scenes with family, like... My mother would tell me to close my eyes. Even till now. My even now, even now, it's so awkward. To close my eyes. It's so awkward if I'm sitting and I'm watching a movie with any of my parents because they'll look at me and they'll be like, why, why are you looking at this? <laughs> even though they don't even know... Mother, I've had sex. Thank you very much. But they're in denial. They're, they're, they're in denial. They they're like, you probably, you always never have sex. They do you're not want to believe me. If I tell my African father I've had sex, what? <laughs> Even though he probably subconsciously knows, but he doesn't verbally want to have yeah, that yeah, understanding. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. now I feel like I've not just not only educated myself, but learned from the sexual, good and bad sexual experiences mm. that I have, that I am the only person responsible for my own body, and no one can either take the control from me or take the power that I have that holds me to the standard that I do. If yeah. I choose to be sexually liberated, which I feel like I am, um, it's because I've decided such a thing and I hold myself to a standard that I should be really respected at that. Yeah. Nothing else. I sh- I'm not going to hide behind the closet and, and do all these things to, 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 to pleasure myself or I'm yeah. not going to do all of these things behind closed doors and deny it to the open because it is normal. If it wasn't normal, then I can understand. But it's normal and it should yeah. be accepted as such because yeah. because I don't I don't know why there's a double standard to, to pleasure in itself. No, I get pleasure yeah. from this and it's normal, then why not? So Exactly. And I think reclaiming sex is, as you said um, very eloquently, is about liberation and it is about freedom at the end of the day. That is what sex is. You know, exactly. you're expressing yourself in in the most freest and the most open way as you can. 
And exactly. that's, I think that's the best way you can, you can enjoy sex. Because if you're not liberating yourself, if you're not free, if you're not doing it, if you're doing it with any sort of restraint, in, you know, mentally or physically, you're not going to be able to enjoy it um, exactly. 100%. Because there's something in your body or there's something in your mind that's telling you to hold on or to not let go. Um, exactly. And again, that's just driven by societal norms, by what we think others will think of us. Exactly. Um, and the best way to let go is essentially do what makes you happy at the end of the day. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All I want to do is have great sex and be comfortable in doing it. That's literally it. 100%. Like, and yeah, we're in 2020 and women are still being slut shamed or women are still being made uncomfortable for the fact that they, they enjoy the pleasure that they get from either themselves or from their partners. Exactly. So, and, th- and remember the three Ps, reclaiming sex through positivity, pleasure and power. Amen. So usually I ask my guests to quote an extract from a book they've recently read, which has a strong feminist theme or anything that they strongly relate to. And I wondered, artistry, if you've had something like that for me today. Um, so this is a quote from All About Love by Bell Hooks, sickest feminist ever. Um, but yeah, I just really love this quote. So it reads, The wounded child inside many males is a boy who, when he first speaks his truth, was silenced by paternal sad- um, sadism, by a patriarchal world that did not want him to claim his true feeling. The wounded child inside many females is a girl. He was taught from an early childhood that she must become something other than herself, deny her true feelings in order to attract and please others. When, when, when men and women punish each other for truth-telling, we reinforce the notion that lies are better. To be loving, we willingly hear the other's truth. And most important, we affirm the value of truth and truth-telling. Lies may make people feel better, but they do not help them to know what love is so, amazing yeah, yeah that's, that's very touching actually that. <laughs> you must remember to read a bit more honestly she books. is yeah she, she that that book specifically taught me so much in regards to how men um how women are in regards it was more in, on the notion of love and relationships but she speaks on such an ability that women work on lies on the distant on the um acceptance of pleasure they would be taught to be this woman, this wife, um, on the basis that um, it would be something that men would in- enjoy or endure. Yeah, um, so women are essentially subordinates and exactly. they are never, you know, of their own. They exactly. don't, they don't ha- have the ability to label themselves. They're always in relation to someone else, as someone's mother, someone's wife, someone's daughter. Exactly. They're never just, I'm They're a woman. They're not just, I'm a woman yeah. and this is it. It's never <clears> that. Yeah. And that in itself brought so much light to me because it's something that even seeing my mother in her relationship with yeah. my father and growing up it was my mother was this really creative person right. she was very bubbly and really tomboyish but she had to suppress that on the basis that she had to be this wife and this mother that she felt she needed to be as opposed to just being as herself. opposed to being the character she was herself not right. character sorry but being the person she was herself but it was lost on her wasn't it it was and, exact, yeah. and even now I see like sometimes when my brothers are my younger brothers are around her she becomes this playful like child almost because I feel like she lost that ability to be that way throughout most of her um, um, younger life, younger like, life yeah. because she always had to be this prim and proper else. lady. And yeah. this is actually, I'm working actually on a spoken word piece, which is called, um, Does This Make Me a Lady? 
Wow. And, um, it's inspired by your mum. It was actually inspired by my mum. Yeah. Because my mum would always tell me things like, sit up straight, be a lady. Yeah, yeah. Don't burp, be a lady. Yeah. Um, all these things like, oh, they're not going to respect you as a lady if you do this. That's interesting about the burping thing. I used to burp a lot as a honestly as a young burp kid, and fart. My dad would always tell me off. I'd be like, spread out yeah, like, but honestly, care. I'm a lady, so <laughs> I can't do. My legs need to be folded. I must sit in such a poised way and mm. have this etiquette. But honestly, amazing. Yeah, after street, I've loved having you on today. Honestly, um, I've learned so much me. from you as well. <laughs> um, I can't wait to listen to some more of your poetry. Um, and I hope we get to hang out again soon. Thank Definitely. you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brown Don't Brown podcast. If today's discussion interested you or you want to share your story, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Brown Don't Brown podcast and on Twitter at BDF podcast. You can also reach me on my blog at tanyasweeklydose.com. Join the conversation using the hashtag Brown Don't Brown podcast. Please like, share and subscribe. Thank you.